on this episode of Startup the Science. So Polymethyl is an advanced developer and manufacturer of high-end functional hybrid parts. Our unique turnkey solution from development to production of hybrid parts is leading the industry and providing technical solutions. We're an innovative startup company that evolved into a young manufacturer of products made from polymer with a metallic cover. Our parts are able to reduce weight by about 60%, reduce cost by about 70%, and also use carbon-free recycled materials. Hi, Guy. Welcome to Startup the Science. Thank you for uh, taking time today to talk to us. Um, I'd love to start with an introduction, please. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about your company. Hello, Antonia. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Guy Varon. I'm the Business Development Director of Polymetal. I'm responsible for all the business growth, both locally and abroad, but mainly abroad these days. So I'm responsible for making everything that the company did not work with and did not deal with before happen. And Polymetal, we're an innovative uh, Israeli company uh, located in uh, Israel, Haifa. We're uh, dealing with what we call hybrid part solutions. We produce these uh, hybrid parts made up of uh, metallized polymers. So that means that we connect between the substrate of the polymer to the final layer of the metal. And we do that through applying a deep uh, chemical surface etching technology on the surface of the polymer. So you work in the field of metallization of polymers, right? And making functional parts for different applications, different industries. Can you talk us through what is interesting, what is new, or maybe even groundbreaking about your technology? Okay, so so metallization uh, process has been uh, around for decades by uh, by now, and uh, ge- generally it's a uh, pretty old technology. But what polymetal has done is taken it to another level. So if you go to your uh, bathtub and you look at the faucet, you'll see that it's uh, metallized with a chromium uh, finish, which is very nice looking, but it's not really functional. It would wear off pretty fast if you use it for a few times or a few months maybe. What we do is we take these parts and make them functional through a completely different chemical process uh, that we do in-house. And uh, it's mainly applied through um, uh, surface uh, etching technology that we do, which is preparation of the substrate, which is polymer-based. We create nanopores on that surface, and then uh, we connect between the substrate of the polymer to the metal layer, which is the first layer uh, that is connected. It's usually copper layer of uh, metal, and then on top of that, we metallize it to whichever finish of, of metal we would like to have. And then what do we do with these functional parts? Can you give us some examples? So you mentioned the, the bathtub example that we can see. I'm shocked to hear that it's, it's not actually chrome, but only covered in chrome. Did not know that. Um, what are some other applications or functional parts we can imagine maybe that we encounter in our day-to-day life? So you would probably not encounter uh, in the day-to-day life uh, with these parts because they're functional. You would probably not see them too much, but they would be in many of your uh, systems that you use today. For example, in automotive, uh, you could see it in oil tanks. So uh, if you make an oil tank out of polymer, there are significant issues that uh, it cannot be done, uh, technological reasons, uh, that it will not be functional part uh, as an oil tank. Uh, because polymers and oils are not uh, friends, the oil would actually wear off the polymer eventually. What our uh, uh, special metallization process does is actually creating a um, resistance to that oil, which is a very ad- abrasive material. And uh, it's actually able to withstand the oil through high temperatures, like up to 150 degrees for you know the applications that we use, which are common in automotive. 
And uh, in addition to that, um, you could see it also in antennas uh, and waveguides for RF elements. So you've got communication devices on antennas that are also being used. And when you have very high frequency uh, devices that need to generate very high sound waves, then um, uh, this is one of the solutions that we're applying is that, you know, when we metallize polymer, it's actually conductive. It's like metal, which means when you um, produce metal, you cannot do any shape that you want, okay? There are limitations. You can, of course, 3D print them, but that would be extremely expensive. When you use our applications, uh, we do it e uh, either from 3D printing of polymers, which is a far better and a more advanced solution than 3D printing of metals. And uh, by doing that and afterwards metallizing it, we're actually able to achieve a very conductive material, which is very similar to metal. And you can do it almost in any shape you want, because if you utilize the 3D printing uh, technology, then you're able to actually uh, implement that on many, many different applications. So as I said, one of them uh, would be waveguides or antennas, uh, which you create a conductive layer, uh, which can be used as a functional part for these applications. Okay. So is it fair to say then that by using this technology, we kind of get the best of, of both worlds, of plastic and also metal? And... If that's the case, maybe a stupid question, but why not just use only metal? Is it a matter of cost or why would we not just do that? Okay, so uh, you, you raised a very good uh, uh, question here, which is uh, related to what the company does. So we, uh, a part of the slogan that we use a lot is bridging the gaps between uh, metal and uh, polymers. So we're right in the middle of that. So as I said, if you look today at 3D printing of metals, which is what you use for complex geometries, you know, there are you know, high demands today from these uh, types of applications, uh, which cannot be injected, molded, or... Um, you know, uh, casted for metals. You know, we were, we're trying to really be in a place where we're working with these metals uh, and just replacing them. You know, this is, we see the metal casting is something that's been in the past and we're actually bringing it to the 21st century with real life applications that can be 3D printed uh, with complex geometry uh, shapes. So, you know, in terms of, of cost, it would still make sense because the uh, the process that we do is, you know, about 70% cheaper than uh, what you would use in uh, 3D printing of metal. We only add some cost to the uh, 3D printing of polymers. Now, we don't limit ourselves only to 3D printing of polymers. We also do, of course, injection molding uh, and then metallize it. So, you know, for those lower budgeted uh, components, that's also possible from our end. And, you know, we're not doing it only for prototypes as well, which is also a common um, application that, you know, customers are looking for today. We're looking to do it from, uh, you know, production parts or serious uh, production parts, anything that would be, uh, you know, with some significant volumes. Uh, and I'm not talking millions per year, but really uh, maybe hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands. That would be good uh, numbers that we can uh, comply to in terms of the technology. And because you mentioned volume, um, I wanted to ask you, I think one of the benefits of your technology as well is that it's quite, uh, or the components that you make are quite lightweight in comparison to alternatives. I'm guessing this is also one of the reasons why automotive is an area that you focus on a lot. I know that um, we at Enam do some work with Continental and one of their focuses, for example, is how to reduce well, on the one hand, is how to reduce plastic um, waste and other kinds of waste. But then the, on the other hand is how to make all of their components and products more sustainable and also more lightweight. 
Um, can you tell us a bit about about the, the lightweight part of your technology? Of course, you know, lightweight uh, parts today is, is a significant trend. I think in any industry that you go through, automotive is one of them, and also space. You know, whatever you launch with a launchpad is very expensive per kilogram to launch. About twenty thousand dollars per kilogram to launch rate today. Or, you know, whatever you save in terms of weight is significant in these applications, and that's why Polymetal is aiming for the um, aerospace uh, world and also in the automotive. So uh, these customers are really looking for it and we're able to, um, eventually it's calculated from the um, uh, density of the uh, material. Generally, aluminum is very, uh, despite it being you know, considered a lightweight material, when you, com- you compare it to uh, polymer, it's about half the weight, even after metallization. You need to keep in mind that we only metallize tens of microns of, of a metallic layer, which is uh, applied on these substrate, which in terms of weight, is nothing. So, you know, when we're looking at these components that we're able to offer to our customers these days, they, of course, appreciated very much that uh, we're able to save the weight. Um, anything that drives or anything that flies uh, would like to be a lighter weight. And of course, also, you, you know, you raise another very important matter today, which is sustainability. Every, every customer, every big customer that we work with is looking for sustainable materials. And uh, a part of our targets for this year is uh, releasing at least one sustainable material out there, which is uh, we're trying to make it carbon neutral material. And we're actually working with one of Enam's network uh, startups called UBQ. We've partnered up with them and we've already started uh, feasibility analysis that we're uh, looking to uh, complete uh, in the next coming months. And uh, we're looking for a partner, a, a corporate that would like to implement these, of course, uh, in their uh, either vehicle or any other application that can be relevant. Because I was going to ask you that, and maybe it's a bit of a impolite question, I don't know, but how does plastic work with sustainability, essentially, was going to be my question. And do you sometimes, when you talk to large companies, whether it's in automotive or other industries, do you sometimes get this pushback that polymers don't have the the most uh, green image out there? Yeah. And, and of course, this is, you know, eventually polymers are made uh, from oil, which is not such a very uh, eco-friendly material. But what we're looking to use uh, in terms of materials is polypropylene. Polypropylene uh, with the additives of UBQ that we're going to be using uh, in, the, in these applications are providing this really carbon neutral uh, effect uh, of the end application because uh, UBQ's material are really coming from um, bio-based uh, waste. This is actually carbon negative material. So when you add that to the polymer, which is not, of course, uh, carbon neutral, so uh, we're actually able to make it uh, carbon neutral after applying our metal, uh, metal plating on it. Got it. Okay. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Before we get to the rest of it, though, we'd like to take a moment to tell you about one of our AdmaCom sponsors. AdmaCom stands for the Advanced Materials Competition, and it's our two-week accelerator program for startups in advanced materials. The Investionsbank Berlin, or the IBB, is the business development bank of the Federal Land of Berlin and a proud sponsor of AdmaCom. With its business support, it actively contributes towards developing Berlin as a hub for business and industry. Whether you're a large company, SME, startup, or even a university or research institution, the IBB hosts a variety of programs and initiatives that support you. All you need to do is be located here in Berlin. Learn more about the IBB and their services by visiting their website at www.ibb.de. 
So I wanted to ask you a bit about your customers, maybe your existing customers and your ideal ones. I had a look at the, the ones you had listed on, on your website and quite a few big names there as well. And I was curious to know how a startup comes to work with uh, with such large companies, especially in the automotive world. I know that can be very tricky. Sometimes a lot of certification is necessary before you can go into even a small pilot project with automotive companies. So I was wondering if you could tell us, and maybe for the startups listening, how you how you got all these uh, high-level customers, especially because I'm assuming many of these are, are your merits since you're in charge of business development. So, uh, of course, uh, automotive is a very, very challenging industry uh, for any any company, I think. Uh, and, you know, I come from previous experience with automotive uh, directly. I used to work in a thermostats company uh, supplying to automotive customers in tier ones. So I already have, you know, um, the connections that I have from these uh, companies. So that's, of course, helping me a lot. And I speak the automotive language. And, and this is something that most companies don't understand. This is automotive is a specialty. So you really need to understand the market, the customers, where they're coming from, what are their requirements. They will always ask for price reduction, even when your price is considered uh, low. And Polymetal does not aim to those very high volume markets today. Uh, we're only aiming for um, uh, limited zero production parts which means uh, would be up to tens of thousands. So for example, like, you know, high-end um, vehicle manufacturers, Porsche, Ferrari, Bentley, Daimler, not all of them, you know, like the AMGs, maybe um, BMWs, high-end series seven and eight. Uh, these are where we're aiming at. And because the quantities make sense, uh, also the price level makes sense. You need to remember that, um, you know, mostly when we aim at these, uh, customers were looking for already 3D printing uh, friendly customer, which means that they accepted that they would probably need a 3D printed part because of the complex geometry. And that's where our benefits uh, in polymetal come to, you know, the very best. You know, we're able to offer those complex shapes as well as, uh, you know, metalized um, parts, which means that they are metal-like components uh, that they can compete with metals on properties like thermal heat uh, transfer and like con conductivity. So these are really the main places where we're good at. And really in automotive, to penetrate them is uh, really trying to go through innovation centers, I think. These are maybe a good start point for those who are you know, not knowing anything about automotive. These guys are a little bit more forgiving because they understand that not everyone knows how to work with them. Um, and that's okay. And they are uh, a bit less harsh than when you go to, uh, you know, VW purchasing, which will cut you right off. You know, whatever you say, take 50% off and let's start talking. <laughs> okay, so a pretty challenging industry. And I'm sure it helps a lot that you have experience in this field. Um, I know some of the other startups we work with that are also trying to break into the automotive world are uh, are struggling. So maybe we invite you once for a crash course in how to talk to automotive companies. <laughs> No problem. I would love to share this knowledge. I think it's something that every company that aims at automotive needs to understand at least some, you know, thumb rules about what are the do's and don'ts in this industry. And you mentioned some of the companies um, that would be good customers for you, but I saw that Porsche is already on your list of customers. Is this a project you can talk about? Can you tell us what you do with them? Um, not too much, but uh, we are working with Porsche on uh, one of the applications that are very relevant to Polymetal's activity. We're uh, working with them right now on uh, optimizing it. So we're not done with the activity with them and it's not severely manufactured yet. Um, but it's a very interesting project, very high-end project, and it's a pretty, pretty big part um, 
for even for 3D printing. Uh, and we're trying to make it uh, in one piece, something that used to be like about 30 different components uh, assembled together. We make it out of two. So this is something uh, pretty exciting. Uh, we're really uh, saving a lot of time in the process. And, you know, doing it from 3D printing is pretty fast. You, you get these parts in a few days and uh, you can ship them off directly. And generally today, you know, we're operating from Israel. We have our Israeli production line, which is in Haifa. We're going to be moving to a bigger production facility with an automatic production line uh, in the next year. So that's planned for Q1 2022, uh, which will be able to, of course, manufacture a lot more parts. So really to get over, you know, bottlenecks that we have right now in the process. We're also aiming for our first manufacturing site in Europe. We're working right now with probably um, an entity in Poland that will be um, manufacturing parts. It's not set yet, but it, it's, it's going to be for the EU market. So either in Poland or in Germany, uh, again, uh, something that's convenient. Our, our target customers are mainly coming from Germany these days. Um, so really something that has to be in this vicinity to be able to supply parts fast to these companies. Okay, good to know that you're uh, you're going to be closer to us. <laughs> yeah, we can come and visit uh, Berlin. So let's talk a little bit about the company. You explained the product quite quite well. I think I, I understand a bit better the technology now, and I'm sure our listeners get it. And if they don't get it yet, they can visit your website and find more, more information. But I'm curious to know a couple of things about the company, maybe how it all started. I, I find these starting stories, they always have something uh, exciting about them. And, and then I'm also curious to know if you joined from the very start or if uh, you came along later. What's the story there? Okay, so it's actually a, a pretty strange story for a startup, at least from my uh, you know story base that I've heard of already. So uh, Polymetal was founded in 2013. It was actually built on a, uh, a shell of a previous company that was closed down. And, uh, you know, they just uh, worked on, on metallization of polymers at that point. It was already, you know, uh, the technology was already there. It was mainly getting customers to really come and try out this technology. Now, uh, the founder is called Ze'ev, and he's been uh, with the company, you know, since day one. He's still a part of the board members of the company. He's not involved in the everyday life. And uh, we have uh, our CEO, Ran Carmeli. He's been in the company since day one as a CEO. Uh, so since 2013, and um, he's been uh, taking the company to the next level. The company started out really as, you know, a manufacturing company because the technology was already there. It was really the R&D work was really to optimize it. So there were, the technology was there. It was not perfect. You had to do a lot of modifications to make it manufacturable and reliable for customers. And what Ran did uh, during the first years, which were very difficult to the company because in terms of funding, it came into a few halts uh, on the way. Uh, there, there was an assumption maybe that the company might be closing down because, you know, there was not sufficient cash flow to uh, maintain the company. But uh, when uh, about uh, two or three years ago, you know, that they came out of the struggle, Ran and the, the team, and I was not there at the time, I, I only joined in 2020. So pretty recently, only... As I said, at the beginning, the company was only the CEO and the, uh, the main uh, R&D uh, uh, body, which was uh, related to that, and manufacturing employees. That was the entire company. There was no management team, no nothing. Usually, startups have first put down the management team and then uh, recruit employees that are uh, manufacturing. And here, it was a little bit opposite. So maybe a bit strange story as a startup, but uh, <laughs> definitely an interesting one how it happened. 
and you know overcoming all these hurdles on the way in terms of financial when the you know there was not so much money out there as there is today you know companies today are going on spocs and um, ipos and uh, it, it's crazy you know the amount of Of money that's out there these days yeah it definitely is crazy the amount of money that is out there we hope to see more of that money going towards uh startup. startup. <laughs> yeah you startups and startups that are working on uh, actual physical technologies <laughs> that's a constant frustration of ours so you joined in 2020 i wanted to ask you why did you join what made you excited about this company or about this role what made you say yes i'll take this job versus maybe other options you had Right. So, you know, I came in a background of uh, companies that are uh, relatively big in Israel, about 500 people. Uh, that's considered big in Israel, but uh, in, in, in Germany, maybe it's very small. I, I joined the company because I really wanted to take something and, and do it on my own, uh, try to take uh, the technology and make it happen, mainly in Europe, I think, and uh, in the United States, where the target markets are really most relevant to polymetal. And I already had the, the experience of working with these markets, as I said, in automotive industry, which is very relevant to what Polymetal is doing. And, uh, you know, now I have to really be on the niches of the high-end manufacturers, which is even more difficult because they have higher standards and uh, you really have to work hard to make it happen. You know, we have some success stories here in Israel of uh, companies that were really successful in working with uh, these uh, high-end manufacturers, specifically from the uh, vehicles, autonomous vehicles, um, uh, auto tech industry. Uh, we have Innoviz, which uh, just um, uh, was uh, funded as a SPAC in uh, the New York Stock Exchange, and they are going to be releasing, uh, for example, the uh, their system on the uh, BMW Series 7 or 8 in 2023. So that's really, you know, amazing stories. And, you know, I think that, you know, my passion was really trying to take it to that level as well, trying to make the company go to these very high-end customers and, you know, making them believe in the technology. I mean, the amazing thing about Polymetal is when you pick up parts, you know, you pick up something that you think should be uh, weighing something like metal because it looks metal. I mean, you know, it looks something that should be weighing maybe a few kilograms and then it's only, you know, a few hundred grams, you know, you're, there's like the effect of, wow, I just raised it. And now it's, it's, it's not weighing as much as I thought. And I almost slapped someone on the face that was next to me. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I wish that my, my bag that I've just uh, carried with me on this trip would have had the same effect. It looked heavy and it was heavy. So <laughs> that didn't, didn't work that way. Yeah. And, and you know, a, a big part of the marketing effect that we were able to achieve is really with those marketing samples that we're making. We have a marketing kit that I put together, uh, which are really the most intensive properties and features put together in one part. So it's both, you know, lightweight and complex geometry and conductive and thermally and electrically conductive. And also, you know, in terms of cost, it's it's, it's not as expensive as you would think. And it's EMI shielding. So, you know, it's, it's amazing, you know, many, many combination of features that are relevant for uh, what our customers are looking for. So it's exciting technology. And I imagine then transitioning from a larger company uh, to to a small but uh, exciting place to work um, is, is a positive change. And you mentioned marketing. We've worked and we still work with uh, several startups from, from Israel. I think that's maybe one trait they all have in common. They're very good at marketing. So I don't know if it's a cultural thing. Is, is Israel a good place for, for startups like yours, do you think, from, from having this experience now? Generally, uh, Israel is considered the startup nation. And, you know, I've already heard on this uh, podcast that there are many companies from Israel coming and interviewing. Uh, some of them are, you know, uh, people that were founding companies with uh, army-based uh, experience. 
and it, you know it's a very I think the culture of Israel is really innovative you really want to do things on your own you want to succeed you want to make the big hit and everyone believes in it you know the the I think the the success rate doesn't change uh, as much between one country and another as much as as much as the you know the number of companies that are out there with uh, uh, startup uh, ideas so I think there are many many uh, companies like that in Israel definitely in Tel Aviv area that's where you know the majority of the startups are specifically the technological ones uh, that are um, out there but uh, you know there were some very significant And stories were of unicorns uh, that uh, you know were established from startups and you know uh, I just heard of another company that was started from Microsoft and and was one year out of Microsoft this guy he was the R&D manager there and in one year you know the, his company's valuation is over 1.7 billion dollars you can't compete with these types of stories I'm not saying that there are that many of them but recently I've been seeing that there are many So I also believe that polymetal as a company is able to really grow fast um, uh, when working abroad. It's really trying to work with these companies, uh, the big companies and the medium-sized companies that can really leverage in terms of revenue what polymetal is uh, offering. And it's good to be surrounded by other people who you see are also working towards uh, maybe a unicorn level company or you know they're aspiring to to grow as well yeah maybe we'll do a special episode at some point with uh, how does your country of origin affect your chances to be a successful entrepreneur <laughs> and see what we get and also where where do unicorns come from or something like that <laughs> or maybe you know how good are you at marketing depending on where you're from so um as we're coming close to to the end of our conversation I want to give you a chance to ask anything so to put out there into the universe of podcasts any asks that you have for your company are you looking for partners companies customers investors whoever it may be and we hope that your wish will magically come true sure so you know uh, we're definitely looking always for smart money we don't need just money because we're good to go now but if there's any company that's really in the industries and the understanding of what we do uh, looking for uh, investments that we're always open for that and in addition to that any corporates uh, that are looking to innovate uh, something with uh, sustainable uh, lightweight hybrid materials and Um, this is definitely something that we're uh, looking for so that's you know partners and corporates anyone that's going for joint ventures of something exciting like what we're doing with UBQ for me it's a joint venture because uh, they have their technology which is great we have our technology which is great and you know one plus one for me is three in this case and you know I'm really enjoying their partnership you know they're also Israeli based so it's very convenient for me uh, we're able to meet and They came and saw our production line. Uh, we saw their technology. They left out some samples. We did feasibility analysis. So, you know, anything uh, in this sort would be very exciting for us as well. Sounds good. And I'm glad you mentioned UBQ because they are actually going to be on the podcast as well, I think, uh, in June, if I'm correct. Uh, so we'll, we'll ask them how they feel about your relationship, see if it's, uh, it's mutual. <laughs> I hope it's mutual and I'll be dis- deeply disappointed if not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Guy, thank you so much for being with us today. We'll uh, obviously keep in touch as you're part of Enam. And um, we'll, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Startup the Science. If you'd like to learn more about our podcast, head to www.enam.berlin slash Startup the Science. You can also follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. If you'd like to leave us a message or ask us or our guests, any questions, send us a DM or leave us a message on our website. 
We would love to hear from you. Stay tuned for our next episode. Coming soon.